I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. As HR consultants, Em and I have seen our fair share of resignations and employment exits. And some are done really well and others not so well. So on the show today, we are talking about why you need an exit strategy and how to nail it. This season is brought to you by our show partner, Newcastle Permanent. Considering your options, M? Always, Shell. Well, how about banking that makes a difference to local communities? Head over to newcastlepermanent.com.au and make a change for good. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelley Johnson. I'm a HR professional. M. Hey, Shell. Emily Bowen here, and I work for Forsyth Recruitment and HR. Today on the show, we are talking about why you need an exit strategy. And this is something Em and I, we were both super passionate about this idea, right? Absolutely. And it's something that if you are an employee, it should never be off your mind. Something, it sounds like you'd only think about it towards the end, but it's actually something you should be thinking about from the beginning. And we're going to explain why today. Interestingly, the first time I'd probably thought about this concept was at my work, uh, Compassion, our previous CEO, Tim Hanna, he had made a decision from the outset of his employment that he was always going to finish well. And I'd never really thought about that until I'd heard him kind of articulate it. And it was really interesting how he had said that whatever happens, if he uh, decided to resign, retire, or if the decision was made by someone else, whatever the scenario of his employment ending, he would finish well. And I thought that was an amazing thing that he'd made this proactive decision, M, to do that from the beginning of his employment. I dare say that's the sort of wisdom that does come from somebody who's been building their career for a longer time than maybe we have when we first hear that concept. And I understand why you wouldn't think about it because you turn up each day so focused and using so much headspace in and around how do I be really good at my job and how do I get the promotion or the progression opportunity or the chance to work on that project that I'm really interested in or how am I doing things now that are going to make me more saleable to my next employer. And so I think it's quite natural. I I think most people would probably be similar to you, Shell, and and what I was like before this concept came onto my radar of not really thinking about it. And I mean, it was interesting. So he finished in Jan, I think. We had the most amazing epic celebration of his tenure. And of course, he finished so beautifully. And it was was amazing to celebrate him. But you could tell that he was always thinking about that legacy that he wanted to leave. And no matter what happened outside of his sphere of control, he'd he'd said, I own this part of my exit. I have to own my attitude to finishing whatever it looks like, because I know that that leaves an impact on the organisation that he obviously loved and cared about. And also 
I could see in him that however he was going to finish, he saw that as the springboard to the next thing. So if he finishes uh, the his employment really well, it would propel him on to whatever he does next in a way that was helpful and beneficial rather than when someone exits poorly, and we do see that a lot. When someone exits a business badly, it actually hinders how they go into their next job. And so that's really why I think it's so important that we have an exit strategy. It's uh, He sounds like somebody who is also smart enough to acknowledge or recognise perhaps that it also reflects on him. And that's not about ego. That's just about maybe a sense of pride and a sense of, yeah, I'm known to be really good at the job that I've done. And I don't want to undo any of that good work from the last 10 years in leaving a sour taste in anybody's mouth about me on the final stretch. Yeah, and that's such an interesting point, hey, because it in HR we see when people leave, they could have served, you know, 10 plus years in an organisation, but whatever happens at the very end can actually, if they leave badly, taint the whole time. How fascinating also, right at the get-go, he had no idea. I mean, it's easy for us to tell this story with time having passed, but right at the get-go when he began and he's going, no matter how I leave, he didn't know whether it was going to be 12 months or 10 years and he didn't know, to your point, whether it was going to be his choice or somebody else's and he still had the same goal and then he stuck with that. Like it ended up being 10 years and he actually came through with the goods. It's very, very cool. But why do you – because you, you've you talked about this a lot uh, in there, just our conversations because we just talk about random stuff like we, this. I know. We're, we just nerd just, out. So uh, what what is it from your perspective? Why do you think we need an exit strategy? I really uh, – w- what you're talking about in regards to the way Tim viewed the world, it really resonates for me because whenever I've thought about, well, what – why? If you've teed up your next job or you've decided that – it's time for you to do something else. Why does it matter so much? And the way I look at it is I think about opportunity creation and I just feel like let's not close any doors or risk doors being closed. And so if you leave well, there is a higher chance that somebody is going to recommend you for an opportunity either now or in the future, like that's the other thing to think about. It's not just this next step you're taking and that springboard into the next role. It's also the ripple effect that comes years down the track. I think about the fact that when somebody leaves an organisation well, they're leaving behind, maybe it's 50 people, maybe it's 150 or maybe it's a thousand people who are hopefully going to think that person was awesome to work with and when they hear about an opportunity, they'll be more likely to make the recommendation. So for me, it's about, you might not say yes to all of those opportunities, but let's try and open as many doors as we possibly can on the way out that may pay off now or may pay off in the future. Because we cannot control how other people speak about us, but we can absolutely influence that by controlling our own behaviour. And I think the reason why we're saying it's a strategy is because you have to be intentional about it. It's not like something that just happens, right? No. And and we, how many times do you see people do this badly? 
you know, it's interesting. We should probably unpack just for a moment. Well, what does exiting poorly look like mm-hmm. versus maybe what exiting well looks um, like in comparison? For me, exiting poorly, it can look like, for example, bad mouthing your employer. So you might have a story to tell and you decide to um, talk about it in the lunchroom with your peers and you're feeling a bit bitter or sour. Or it can actually, something I've seen that maybe flies under the radar a little bit more, it can look like complacency. So when people have a two-week notice period or a four-week notice period, and they actually, rather than continuing to do their job as well as they have done for the three years that they've worked in the business, they start to put their feet up on the desk, so to speak, or start to kind of think, well, I'm kind of handing this stuff over. I'm not going to be here uh, next month anyway. So I reckon I might just kind of start to chill out a little bit and that can be just as detrimental because you're actually leaving behind teammates who are going to either pick up your responsibilities or be working alongside the person who replaces you and if you don't so do some good housekeeping and leave that house in order they'll very quickly start to feel like oh man like Jack's really left us in the lurch here. Yeah that's right and it's interesting and with when people finish, there's usually a primary reason. So the primary reason might be I want to pursue a, say, a promotion and I've been offered this externally. So there's kind of like this primary reason, but there's always additional reasons. So you've got your secondary reasons to that. In many cases, that is, uh, those reasons can be kind of angsty, So, and that's fine. That's actually normal. Like, so we just need to normalize that and go, you wouldn't be leaving if you loved it. No, well, you're excited for the next thing. You've like done what you could do there. And it's kind of like your old news in your life. And that might be not in an overly negative way. Yeah. But you move mentally, you've moved on. That's right. You're ready for the next thing. And so you, so you're going, okay, well, I've got this new opportunity. I'm really excited about that. I've also, you know, I've had a few moments here that have been, kind of there's been some tension and I don't maybe my values don't align with where the organization is as well and so that's that point of tension is normal but the natural thing that happens when there's those tension points is we go oh this this place sucks or this yeah, start or to t- dialogue into those yes. secondary reasons something that maybe had niggled at you in the past and you just accepted it because on balance you were happy with where you worked. Now that you've got one foot out the door, if that thing happens again, I've seen it be somewhat common where you'll have a bit more of a grizzle about it. The trick though is that you're actually having a bit of a grizzle to people who are still going to be working there next time. That's right. And that's dangerous. That's 100%. And and, and so I think that's where we're saying be really conscious in your employment and as you're planning your exit strategy – uh, and we'll talk a bit more about what, what you need to have in place for that. But keep that primary reason the focus and don't anchor too heavily on those secondary reasons if they're angsty or they're, they're painful. Just try not to talk about that at length with the people who are still in the business because that can taint their view of you, but it can also actually impact their perspective of their job and that you're right, they're still there. So they still have to navigate through that. What did you see Tim do really well? Oh, there were so many things he he did so beautifully. Like, and his farewell was like the best, so the biggest, most epic celebration. And 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 he was very loved. So, and uh, the thing I think he did really well is uh, he made sure that he 
he was very connected to the purpose of the organisation and so he would always celebrate that. And and with any job, there's good things and bad things and any organisation, there's things that they do really well and things that they, they are not good at. I think he really anchored on the things that were positive and so that meant that it was a real celebration. He was celebrating um, the organisation and what it stands for and, and the whole of the staff were all the staff – were uh, celebrating him and what he'd achieved in the time he was there. And so I think for me, I've, I've reflected on that quite a lot and thought, you know, what would that look like for me if I was finishing up in my job? Um, and one of the things I love is when people leave and they're grateful mm. and they're thankful, even if it's been hard and every, every gig, every job you do is going to have hard parts of it, but being thankful to... Uh, your manager for what they've invested in you, being grateful um, for the opportunities and really kind of making that the focus point at the end rather than here's all the things that suck about the organisation. I can't wait for my exit interview to unpack that. Mm, Yeah, that makes so much sense to me. You've just, uh, just in sort of sharing with us your own personal reflections, I hope you don't mind me asking this question, Shell, but have you, when you've taken parental leave... Or you've seen other people take periods of leave maybe for that reason or have a study break or to do a travel break that's significant in length. Have you ever had any um, thoughts or experiences where the same applies? So it's a temporary exit, but it's an exit all the same? Yeah, parental leave is a good example. I mean, um, this is the second time round for taking parental leave for me. And one of the things that I do is always keep things open and so me and my boss we've laughed a lot about this because I'm I I feel like I'm quite open with her of you know what I've I feel like I've got options and opportunities and I'm not holding on to anything tightly and so that's been my approach and so one of the things I'm always conscious of is I'm so thankful for her what she's invested in me but I'm very open with her about what I think the next thing might be and it could be still in my current role or it could be somewhere else and we just have this very open dialogue about that because I think it just means that I don't get stuck and she also has an in to kind of talk to me about what the next thing is as well be that compassion or be that somewhere else. And from a really practical point of view I'm thinking and you know we'll go into some of these uh, tactics that form the strategy soon but you would also be needing to do some sort of handover or be considerate to the fact that when you're not there to do your job for a period because you're on parental leave someone else needs to. Yeah that's right. And how are you setting them up for success? That's exactly it. So now seems like a good time to take a break because what I'd like to do when we come back Shell is actually dive into really practically, what are the three things that our exit strategy must-haves in our minds? Sounds good. All right, we'll be back soon. Money, property, careers, health, small business. We love learning how to do all of these well so we can live our best life. That's why we've made podcasts focus on a variety of topics. Check out My Millennial Money, My Millennial Money Express, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, Gen Z money and you to me, you to you, you to us, which is just about sexual and reproductive health. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We're back, Shell. We're here to talk about exit strategy must-haves. What is going to make this successful? How are we going to do it well? You've got the first one for us. I do, M, and it really does. It It's pretty, I suppose, pretty repetitive because it's really the same as that story I shared at the beginning of starting your job with the end in mind. So starting with that exit in mind going, whatever happens, if I resign in one year, three years, if I'm made redundant, whatever it looks like, I'm going to finish well. And so that is how your exit strategy needs to, you need to lead with that. And I think there's this really important statistic, 100% of people will leave their job. Get out. It's like the death rate. 100% (laughs) of people will die. 100% of people will leave their jobs. So, so you need to plan for it. You need to have your as, and, and we were talking with someone last season, um, Dave on the podcast, he said, do you remember, he, he was talking about this. Do you remember what he said? I do. I know what you're referring to. It was this idea that he actually turns up to a new job. And at the time he'd just taken on a new job actually. And he said, I'm already thinking about what comes after this. I love that. Yeah. That was a really good moment for all of us, I think, to just go, that makes so much sense. Day one, you walk into it and you go, what's next? And so that's your exit strategy from the beginning where you've actually, it's not morbid. It's not like I'm going to finish here and, and I need to like have it. It's, it's actually empowering. Yeah, it's not um, necessarily, you're not coming at it purely from a how do I minimise risk point of view. There's a part of that. It's more about, to your point, how do I maximise this opportunity that I've got now so that it pays off more and more and more in the future. And I think to the risk point, because you're right, it's not all, it's, there's, it's creating opportunity. And then when we think about the risk element, one of the things that I've seen a lot in organisations is people don't think about this and they get stuck. And so they end up staying or overstaying and they maybe didn't see the moment where they outgrew the role or they um, feel like they don't have options None of us like feeling stuck either. Like it's that backed into a corner and that breeds resentment. That's right. Mm. And then and then it inevitably ends up being a poor exit in most cases because where there's resentment or those bitter, bitterness kind of feelings underneath there, it does actually end up leading to a poor exit at some point. When we think about this idea of, okay, so it's day one, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know if we're going to leave in six months or six years, whether it's going to be our decision or not, whether we're going to be happy and excited to be leaving or feeling bitter and and burnt. Do you feel like that's something, Shell, in light of this first must-have, so start your job with the end in mind, is that something that you're doing internally, like in your own self? Are you keeping it kind of under wraps or I, I guess... It's interesting that Tim, for example, your former CEO, he was open about the fact that he's always thinking about how he 
what what's next for him and how he's going to leave. So, is this is there something in this uh, in regards to being quite open about it? Yeah, and it 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 definitely helps to have an open dialogue with your manager. Now, not every manager. There's some managers uh, who make it more difficult to do this with. But if you've got like just kind of a relatively good manager, it should be a safe option to have a conversation with them about it. One of the things I loved on my uh, on my team um, was one of the girls who worked for me, she just gave me an insight. I think she must have been doing the role for about three years and she'd said, I think I'm, I'm sensing that I'm get, getting to that point where maybe in the next year I'm going to start to get bored. Wow. Yeah, so cool. I love this. I loved it so much. And I was like, oh, I don't want you to get bored because you're one of our – like she is amazing, like so mm. good at her job. We would never want to lose her. So how do we then use that conversation as, okay, well, what do you need? Because the risk is if she didn't do that, she would have just probably kept going and then all of a sudden like I've got to get out of here. Mm. Or – she would have – her performance would have started to yes. lag and you as her boss would have started to go, what is going on with this chick? She's not performing. Yeah. You may be – you know, you're at risk of misunderstanding where that's coming from and might have started to think we need to have some pretty tough conversations with this person. They're just not up to scratch. Yeah, that's right. And so there's so many different um, aspects to exiting well – and having this this kind of dialogue and conversation. But the other thing is you can also use that as the conversation of, okay, well, your employer might come back to you and say, well, there isn't really progression opportunities, but that gives you clarity on what your next move might be, Mm. that you maybe do need to consider external. Yep, and then you've got this really amazing sort of holy grail of a nice, trusting, transparent relationship. So good. Which we are always aiming for. Yep. And what is – Uh, a must-have on your exit strategy. All right. So our number two, I like to use the yardstick of leaving so well that you could come back. And for me, that's not because I necessarily have a really strong belief in the idea of being a returning employee or because I I actually don't know what the statistic is. There are people that leave an organisation and and do return later in their career to that same organisation. My guess would be that most people don't do that. But I feel like as a yardstick measure, it's a good way to do a little assessment of am I leaving well enough? Am I leaving well enough that these people would have me back? So so do you think that's more – because, you know, we hear the phrase like don't burn your bridges, but I feel like what you're saying is it's more than that. Oh, you want to like build and reinforce and like strengthen those bridges and get right. yourself like a life free pass back over the bridge. <laughs> I love that because that's that. there's a distinction there. Totally, yeah. It's it, You're actually – it's that active – it's more active. So I think not burning your bridges for me feels like, well, you're not hurting anything, you're not harming anything, but you're also not necessarily maximising the opportunity. Uh, and I'm a big believer, as I know you are too, in like let's milk this thing for all it's worth. Uh, but look, at a probably more practical level and more common level, what – this does if you're able to leave well enough that you could always come back at a bare minimum you're going to have a really great reference and that is useful to everybody yeah that's right and the reference I find it really (laughs) I find this reference component of exiting well really interesting so tricky well because I think if let me just say as a HR person HR 
people talk. Oh, do they ever? And remember, we know that recruiters never forget. So between the two of us. <laughs> so so people think, oh, well, my boss, like I left on good terms with my boss. I might have, you know, pissed off a whole heap of people in other departments or potentially in HR, but I, me and my boss, we're mates, we're really close, all good, I'm going to put her down as a reference. Well, that's all well and good until you realise that recruiters, HR, people in similar industries, they all talk and informal references, while they're very much discouraged from a um, yeah, like kind of eth- legal yeah, and ethical yeah, perspective, yeah. they still happen. They do and you won't even know. So all it takes is someone seeing – you don't even need to put your referees on your resume, but if someone sees, oh, they used to work at a particular company, I know someone at that company, I'm, I'll pick up the phone and do a backdoor ref check, it happens. That's right. And so what you're saying of leave so well you could always come back, it means that A, you're going to have a really good reference – but it's not going to be limited to your boss only or maybe someone kind of in one area, that it's actually a a broader thing than that, that across the board that organisation sees you as someone they value and that you're kind of protected when it comes to those backdoor reference checks. Absolutely. So, look, some of the ways I would achieve this, it's things like when you're in your notice period, continue to do your job as well as you did when you first started and you were in your probation period or when you were gunning for that next um, promotion or you were trying to really impress. Just continue to do your job to the fullest. That's really important. Don't taper off. Do a really solid handover. So make sure that you're training the people around you, you're leaving lots of notes and actually offer, hey, I'm only a phone call away if you need anything. Oh, that's so good, Em. I promise you they won't call. They might text you once, maybe. But time and time again, I've seen that the offer means a lot. And at the time that you're leaving, people are thinking, oh, thank goodness, because I don't know how we're going to live without you. There's so much information here for us to get our head around. But what actually ends up happening, you've done such a good handover and your teammates that you're moving on from, they're going to be fine without you. And once you're not there, they won't actually bother you with 100 calls. They just won't. But you've made the offer and that's really nice. What does the handover document or whatever that looks like, what do you think that looks like when you've seen it done well? When Look, it would depend on the nature of the role. But when I've seen it done well, it's you taking ownership of the handover. And what I mean by that is I've seen, to give a comparison, I've seen times when someone's leaving the business And they just sit back and wait and think, well, if someone wants to know how to do something, they'll come and ask me. They know I'm finishing on Friday the 30th. But in reality, they don't know how to do your job. So often they don't know what they don't know. And so a better way to go about it and to do a really great handover is to say, hey guys, or hey to this person over here, hey Sally, I was hoping that next week I might be able to take some time with you. I understand you're going to be doing this when I'm not working here anymore and I'd really like to talk you through it. And so proactively go out and, and offer that handover, offer that training. Ask um, that person that you're training or the people that you're training to take their own notes because often their own notes are more understandable to them down the track. 
but also make sure that you package up nicely. It doesn't have to be like this really long manual, but just package up nicely some cheat sheets. They might include some passwords. They might include some contact details of if you need this, here's who to talk to. Some of those key details. That's so good, Em, because what I'm hearing in, in what you're saying is there's a passive version where it's come to me if you have questions yeah. versus the active version of I've gone to this extent to get you what you need. Again, that's all setting you up so well that you can come back. Even making introductions. So if there are some key stakeholders that you deal with in your role that you know are going to be important to the next person, do an email introduction or make a phone call to that external stakeholder and say, hey, I just wanted to let you know that I'm finishing up in two weeks. Friday the 30th is my last day. I'm going to send an email to connect you with the person who will look after you when I'm gone. And that helps everybody. So good. I, it's interesting this this tip of, of leaving so well that you can always come back, it sounds really easy in theory, but it actually can be really difficult. So sometimes in the exit timeline, so it could be in the notice period or, you know, maybe you've just kind of indicated to your boss, hey, I've been offered a new job. I'm thinking about finishing up. The business can do some weird stuff. So I've seen this a lot. And even I was chatting to a friend of mine the other day and she had resigned from her job that she'd worked for for seven years. And so she'd been there, a huge value, valuable member of the team and gave four weeks notice. And her manager, he told her in response to her notice, I need you to finish by Friday, which was like two days later. Wow. And so she's like, I've been working here for so long, devastated because she wanted to be able to say goodbye and, and you know, kind of, do that whole process really beautifully but he was he was super abrupt and obviously a bit hurt that she'd resigned and 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 I just think sometimes things happen that are outside of your control the only thing that she could control was her response to that and so if you keep in mind well what do I want out of this like yeah they're they're being pretty like rude but what I want is to be able to leave so well I have a good reference and I could if I wanted to go back now obviously that she probably doesn't want to go back but it just gives you a different frame of reference to go I'm not going to get hung up on this but I'm still going to choose to finish well absolutely agree with that because we can't control anybody else but we can take the higher ground and look out for ourselves couple of uh, final tiny little things I would add and then we should move on to our third must-have don't uh, be dishonest when it comes to IP, intellectual property or hardware, those sorts of belongings. Again, package them up really nicely and say, here you go. Um, but also little things I've seen really be the cherry on top is like clean up your desk. You know, make sure your desk is nicely cleaned up, that if you've got a set of drawers, that's all nice and tidy. Uh, if there's any paperwork lying around that you've thrown out the stuff that nobody needs and you've handed on the things that they do, it's just, again, it might not seem like much, but that little cherry on top, it makes a huge difference. Love it. So, Em, our third and final exit strategy must have. Third and final is to make a comms plan. So, you're the queen of conversation, uh, but look, what we're talking about here in an exit strategy, this is about agreeing with your manager how you're going to communicate 
to stakeholders. So that might be the internal business or it might be other key players who are relevant to your role, who need to know what's going on. How are you going to communicate in a way that works for everybody and stick to that plan? Yeah, definitely sticking to it. I love um, when people have resigned uh, on my team and they have talked me through it. One of the things I've loved is being able to say to them, okay, let's agree who does what. And actually, you've just reminded me of a very good point, like telling your manager first, right? So not telling your peers and then having your manager either find out on the grapevine before you've had the opportunity to speak with them or telling your peers and just like behind the scenes have your manager like not know while everyone else does. It's dodgy. Yeah. Not a good look. Definitely. And tell them. Verbally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not a text message? Or, re- or email. Just verbally make sure it's it's a meeting. That would be my first preference with your manager. If you can't do that for whatever reason, definitely needs to be a phone call. On the comms plan, um, one of the things that I have loved seeing is where people exit. And we talked about it a bit before, but being thankful, being grateful to the business. It's easy at the end to think about the things that you don't like about the organisation because you are excited for the new thing. But looking back over your employment um, and remembering what's the things that that business did for you that really helped you and get specific. Like for me, I, I think, oh, well, I loved when they sent me to this training course or they invested in me here and here and here. I'm going to make sure in my resignation letter, because when we do follow it up with a letter, I say to my boss, hey, I love, I'm so grateful for when you invested in me here, here and here. Because what that says is, I actually value what you've done for me. And again, it's going back to, it's, it's uh, keeping that door open. It's, it's, it's being grateful, being appreciative and being specific with that feedback. So they are our three must-haves when it comes to your exit strategy. They are starting your job with the end in mind, leaving so well you could always come back and making a comms plan. And they are all must-haves. It's not one or two, it's all three. Love it. Hey, well, great to hang out as always. And if you're listening and you enjoy the show, we would love if you're on Apple, subscribe, rate and review. We love feedback and come and hang out in the My Millennial Money Facebook community. Love it. Thank you, Shell. Talk to you again soon. See ya. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Money, property, careers, health, small business. We love learning how to do all of these well so we can live our best life. That's why we've made podcasts focus on a variety of topics. Check out My Millennial Money, My Millennial Money Express, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, Gen Z Money, and You To Me, You To You, You To Us, which is just about sexual and reproductive health. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.